you think you know just who you are Driving around chasing money in a man-made car Do you ever think about it? Don't you think it's bizarre? Yeah, in the Milky Way, floating around in the stars it's like, Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. In this week's episode, we explore Bluegrass Brewing at Goodwood in Louisville, Kentucky. Taste the brewery's beer, learn about the history of Kentucky beer. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. So Andrea, we wanted to talk about Goodwood Brewing today, and I want you to talk about it because this is some this is a place that you went to that I have not been. So I am going to learn just as much as our listeners are today. That's right. And um just so our listeners know, Aaron really doesn't like beer. No, I do ciders, I do whiskeys, I do a lot of other hard alcohols, but beer has never been my thing. Yeah. So um the th- the reason that I picked um I uh Kentucky beer right off the bat to start with with Aaron is because Kentucky beer blends together a lot of flavors that you get in spirits that Aaron tends to like. It sounds a lot more appealing. I'm still looking forward to the the tasting at some point so that uh, I can figure out whether or not this is something I'm going to be able to enjoy. All right, Andy has uh, opened our uh, our beer and it has overflowed a bit. So while she is pouring us out some portions, I'm going to just kind of talk about my experience with beer in general, not so specifically Kentucky. Kentucky beer is uh, something that is, ge- a lot of Kentucky beers are generally not aged in, you know, your traditional fermenters. I mean, the, the mass-produced beers generally are, but the craft brewers in Kentucky tend to be a little bit more... Um, rebellious with their brewing techniques. And I chose Goodwood Brewing to start things off because um, Goodwood, actually, when I went into their brewery, the first thing that I noticed was a bluegrass band playing. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And um, the thing about... I, I, You know, I do generally tend to like bluegrass music somewhat like i i mean i do like bluegrass music it's not something that i will actually like seek out um but it is something that i do uh like to listen to from time to time and the thing about like live music in a setting like that just kind of brings you right into the situation so good wood Right when you right when you visit it, like it, it almost feels like you're lost when you're getting to the brewery. How so? So you walk you're when you're walking to the brewery, you're walking down kind of like this weird like alley kind of cobblestony street. And when you turn to go in, like it uh when we walked in, it kind of feels like this uh like close, like little tap room. Hmm. It has this uh like you know, wood bar. It has this little stage. It's got a couple of pillar, like wood pillars in there. The, it's got some nice lighting on the stage. Like it, it really feels close and intimate. So it, 
you, you feel connected to the artists that are up there performing. Well, that's wonderful. And I mean, live music of almost any kind is, is something that I really enjoy. Uh, I think I've actually gone to see somewhere around three to 400 live bands uh, in my lifetime at this point. I, I went to a lot of shows uh, in a lot of places. And it, bluegrass is one of those things, even if you don't seek it out, if you have the opportunity to catch just live local bluegrass, you will almost never be disappointed. So right off the bat, even if you're not a beer fan, you still have the appeal of catching live music if you happen to catch it on a night where they have a band. And generally that, you know, places like that have that kind of Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Just exactly. Just regular. Then the next thing that they had going for them is that they had a couple of different experimental ways to, you know, produce or age their beer. The beers that I tried that night, I tried a spruce-tipped uh, beer. So um, normally when you make beer, you make it with hops. Yes. Um, this beer was actually hopped with spruce tips. So it produces kind of a different uh, bittering flavor than a traditional hop would, almost like you get that kind of resiny flavor that you get with gin. Oh, really? So it kind of tastes like uh, a beer with a pine a pine tree inside of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's not as strong as that, but you kind of get where I'm going with that. Understandable. Yeah. And then um, I also had a hemp gosa, which are two, which is one word that you probably don't recognize. So No. Can you, can you spell that for our listeners who want to Google it? Yeah. G-O-S-E. Gosa. Gosa. So um, a gosa is like a lighter alcohol uh, beer. It's intended to be kind of a light summer drink. Um, Sometimes tend to be a little sour. Okay. And the the kind of fun thing about a hemp gosa is because they used hemp in it, it actually gave it like a funky kind of like syrupy sweet uh, flavor, like syrupy sour flavor to it. Okay. Um, so for those of you who drink a lot of beer, like Andrea, uh, these are things that will make a lot more sense to me. Beer tastes like beer, mm-hmm. and I've I've just so everyone understands when we say that I don't like beer, I have to this date tried I think seventy different beers, and I've found some that I can drink when I've already been drinking for the evening, and my taste buds are kind of shot. Um, but those are usually like your really light kind of mass-produced American lagers. So. Through the course of this, I am about to try uh, to find a beer that I can enjoy. Uh, and part of this is Andrea's plan to make it so that we can just drink craft beer together instead of me constantly <laughs> drinking cocktails. So, um, and then, of course, Aaron's going to get us to try to cock- more cocktails together, too. So, um, the other thing that Goodwood does is the the well for water, and I think it's actually Louisville in general, but they actually talk about it in their brewing process, is they use a limestone uh, well. Which means that it gets a real mineral-rich uh, water that they brew with. And when you have a mineral-rich water that you brew with, it tends to produce a different flavor than you would get if you were uh, producing uh, beer with sort of a, <clears throat> like a, like a softened or a filtered water. Absolutely. And it's it's also one of those things that, you know, I'm, as I'm looking through this information, especially even on the bottle, um, they age uh, they age some of their beers in brandy barrels, in, in actual wood barrels. Yeah, the one that we're trying today is a brandy barrel aged uh, honey... Honey ale. Yeah. 
Um, it you know it, my father homebrewed. You used to homebrew. I did. And homebrews, you don't have access to a brandy or a bourbon barrel. Not always. Generally, so you you do. There's a lot of brewing in glass and in like stainless steel uh, containers. And the from everything that I've been able to see, and especially with the amount of whiskey that I drink, uh, getting that nice wood aged uh, spirit. Or, you know, getting the alcohol to kind of soak itself in that it, it adds a lot of tannins and it really kind of changes the flavor profile uh, to something that hopefully will be a little closer to things that I actually enjoy rather than beers that I've not yet found a taste for. So we've spent eight minutes talking about this right now. Let's actually get to the, the, the tasting method of it. Before you actually get in and drink it, though, Aaron, the first thing is to kind of taste it with your is to smell it with your mouth closed. So get your nose in there and just smell it with your mouth closed. And you get kind of like that, like a little bit of like uh, Odie, like a little bit of that, like maybe um, like date uh, aroma I'm almost. Really, I'm also really getting, uh, I'm getting the honey. Yeah, I'm the honey really is really strong. Honey. Now uh, take it with the mouth open, like with your mouth at the, at the bottom of the glass. And see if you can get a little bit more of that caramel or a little bit more of that like get the let the let the liquid almost kiss your lip a little bit when you smell. That was like the the most weird silence on the podcast ever there. Yes, you're getting you're you might get breathing sounds and uh definitely the Unless uh, the our exhale. noise cancellation is working as well as we tried. <laughs> exactly. Uh yeah, the caramel is is really there. I've not this I first time I've done a a tasting in this way. Uh usually when beer tasting is happening around me, I am uh, I'm drinking a cocktail mm-hmm. and avoiding that but so the the scents so far are very pleasant yeah now the next thing to do with beer tasting is to actually hold it up to the light so you can kind of see the the different colors that are in there so with this one i can see kind of that amber color um uh the definitely the caramel color with it um you know there's there's a little there's some reds in there um i i mean Actually, so I, I'm not a Cicerone, which is a professional beer taster, but my favorite way to describe this one right now is Luden's Cough Drop. I would say, uh, I would I would agree with you on the color. Uh, it actually does look like uh, if you mix kind of a chocolate and a caramel sauce together. Yeah, very that's lightly. a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. So another thing you've been waiting for, you want to take a little bit of it to taste. And just do I swish it in my mouth? No, you just want to take just... a little bit to taste it and just let it roll back and, and take a sip. Okay. Let's give that a try. And what you're tasting for right now is that initial mouthfeel of it, just to see like how it feels in your mouth, whether you get like a, like a delicate texture to it or a little bit of that rye texture to it. Uh whether you whether it kind of has like a biscuity flavor. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are wondering why uh, it sounds like Andrea is just starting to laugh, it's because she is. Because uh, I've been making uh, a very not very, not very pleased face. Uh, the the flavors you're explaining are there. Uh, it is it is not something my palate enjoys. <laughs> now you got to go back one more time and hold it in your mouth. Okay. Because uh, it, it's for the podcast here. <laughs> Do it for the podcast. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Now, hold it in your mouth and let it kind of roll over your tongue a little bit. And 
and kind of see what you get with the different uh, areas of, of uh, flavor that you get. See if you can get maybe a little bit of that um, kind of caramel backbone, a little bit of that malt coming through, maybe that sweetness of the honey. <laughs> All right, the uh, the malt, I, I, I the taste the taste of the malt is there. Um, I'm sorry, I, beer again. Uh, this happens every time we sit down for this. Uh, it the individual flavors are there. The combined flavor hits my tongue and makes me recoil mm-hmm. every single time. I think part of that, to be fair, I had an experience when my father was home brewing. And he had not ventilated the house because it was the dead of winter. And so all of the windows were closed. And when you when you actually make beer and you start the fermentation process, the smell that come, comes off of that is one, uh, it, it's, you either hate it or you love it. There is really no in-between. You either find it to be a very pleasing moment for your entire set of senses, or in my case, I needed to leave the house as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is a very distinct aroma um, that you get when somebody's brewing. It tends to have a very like oatmeal uh, smell to it. It smells like oatmeal that's been sitting in a dump for Mm -hmm. a month. Well, to be fair, um, that is what malt technically is i mean it it, a malt is just slightly fermented oats or you know barley or whatever it's just crack stuff that uh you you know got left out and started fermentation you know fermentation is a is a form of decomposition um it's it's a weird thing to it but it's all there's a lot of things that are living there's yeasts that are Mm -hmm. thriving in that situation giving off new and interesting smells i guess i will say yeah uh, for, you know and by the way for those of you who really really enjoy beer do understand i'm not i have no issues with that andrea loves beer she drinks so much of it that's why we're going to do this but if you don't like me drinking beer and uh, and kind of knocking it you may want to just kind of get get past that and well enjoy the, it. the 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 reason that i like having you taste these is because when i so what what did you actually taste on the beer? So I, I tasted uh, I tasted the malt. Okay. I, I I got some some caramel notes. I did get the honey. Good. Uh, but it was a kind of you know it was a fermented honey mm-hmm. uh, taste. Uh, I did get the the nice kind of um, the the oaky mm-hmm. kind of uh, you know uh, the wood taste that I I'm used to from whiskeys, um, but. Outside of that, I still I wish I could put my finger on what uh, what is unpleasant about it to me and, mm-hmm. and how I can kind of get over that. The reason that I'm I wanted to do this, I wanted to keep tasting beers like this with Aaron, is because I, there are people out there that are just that are not beer fans, and I know that Aaron is going to continue tasting beer with me. Oh, I and will. I might actually find a beer that Aaron does genuinely like. And there's actually that part of me that is looking forward to finding that beer. Yeah. But at the same time, there will someday be a beer that could be something like this, where I, where Aaron can take a taste of it, and he can find those flavor notes, and I can say, great, so you got the honey, and you got the caramel notes in that. If you take this, you reduce it with some chilies, some butter, mm-hmm. um, some honey in a pot, you let it simmer for like a half hour to an hour and just kind of reduce. You've got a delicious sauce. You've got a delicious sauce. I actually, yeah, I do, I do a lot of cooking, and I've done, 
Um, I've done like some beer battered uh, chicken and beer battered fish. I, I like cooking with beer, mm-hmm. um, but I generally will go to people like Andrea or my father and say, give me, you know, something that's good to cook with. So it's not like the nicest craft beer ever, uh-huh. but it's not just a off the rack mass produced thing that's not going to give me anything that I need for that recipe. Mm-hmm. And the, and that's the thing, though, is like sometimes you can get really great flavor from something like this that you might not find in other beers because this is a brandy barrel aged honey ale which will give you very very distinct flavor that you couldn't get from other things absolutely and there's not there are not a lot of beers that are aged this way i mean comparative compared to like you know 10 being uh, a few and a thousand being a lot you know we're we don't have that kind of a scale mm-hmm. uh, but the vast majority of beers uh, that are available to the public do not get aged in wooden barrels, just period. Correct. And so uh, if you're looking at this from a travel perspective, thinking about recipes, this isn't really going to help you. But if you're at home, this is definitely going to be something that actually could help you. Absolutely. And uh, to to give myself more of like a positive spin on this uh, after, after drinking this, going to a brewery, whether you like to drink beer or not, Generally, they will have either non-alcoholic or possibly a cider on on tap or on uh, or in cans available for you uh, that they might make locally, especially if it's a cider. Um, but generally, every brewery or tap room I've been to has amazing food. Yeah, and it also does actually give you something that you can get for people that do drink beer. You know yes. what to buy when you go to a place. Exactly. So if you go, if you were in Louisville, Kentucky with your significant other uh, traveling p- companion and they are a dr- beer drinker, you know, yes, I can take them to Goodwood Brewing and they can get the uh, honey. Uh, I completely blanked on the name of this one. It is the Brandy Barrel Honey Ale. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how the. Goodwood Brewing came to be. But actually, before we get into that, I want to point out um, there is one thing that's a little unique about Goodwood where I visited. They have two locations in Louisville now. The location that I visited still doesn't do food. Oh, okay. So the there there's there's two locations. One has food, one does not. Yeah, one has food, one does not. So the, you went to a location they had live music and they were just a tap room. With yeah, no I think food. they might. It, it it I it was toward the end of the night when we actually visited. Um, I think they might have food, but we had just eaten like delicious barbecue before we went there, so we weren't really oh, looking for food. Absolutely, going to uh, you know going to Kentucky, just lots of places in the South. Even if they're not known mm-hmm. for a specific kind of barbecue, you will find. Very good barbecue yeah. joints. We're actually going to, in a future episode, uh, we will circle back to Kentucky because there is a great location that has a pretty good brewery fairly close to an actual really good barbecue joint. And if they have not teamed up, we're going to double check that, but we're going to do what we can to make them team up. <laughs> All right. So um, Goodwood Brewing actually didn't used to be called Goodwood Brewing. Um, it got its start as Bluegrass Brewing Company. Uh, which is a or the BBC BBC yep that's true um and they didn't become Goodwood Brewing until uh BBC purchased their first location um on Main Street in Louisville and they rebranded in 2015 so they're a relatively kind of new establishment that's a wonderful thing to hear I mean you know taking uh taking some moments from that it's uh it's 
with Ted, I, I'm going to really butcher his last name, Mitzloff is what I'm assuming it is. Um, but it, you know, he seems to, he talks about uh, that they were craft beer before craft beer was cool, uh, which is a mm-hmm. thing that, you know, certain parts of Kentucky have done for a very long time. Yeah. Well, and if you actually go back to like the roots of brewing in Kentucky, um, the there is a style of beer that has that actually kind of grew out of Kentucky, and that's the Kentucky Common Ale or Kentucky Cream Ale, um, or Dark Cream Ale, that uh, was brought over with German and Irish immigrants in the 1800s. Um, it's a low alcohol, like protein laden, um, like six row based beer. Um, that kind of gave it just sort of a nice, drinkable, uh, quaffable, thick, grainy beer to drink. Um, but the, the thing that kind of was its downfall was prohibition because Kentucky kind of, Kentucky never really survived prohibition. Well, and there's still, there's still a lot of dry counties that exist because of prohibition and and just have never come out of that era. Um, I've driven through large portions of Kentucky and I've had moments where I'm like, oh, uh, you know, I probably should stop at, you know, some sort of liquor store before uh, the evening kind of comes to a close. And I've stopped in counties and they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't sell booze in the entire county. You're going to have to drive about 15 more miles to get out of the county into, into a wet county. And being from the upper Midwest, we had, you know, we had the, the blue laws where until recently we couldn't purchase alcohol on a Sunday unless it was a bar. We'll get into mm-hmm. that in a later episode. Um, but even with what I knew going going through my uh, my upbringing and into my early 20s, I had never come across something in real life to me that it's, no, you just can't buy that here, period. Yeah. And the other thing that's kind of unique to uh, the Kentucky Common is that it is done via a sour mash. Aaron, do you know what else is made via a sour mash? Whiskey is made with a sour mash. Exactly. Whiskey is one of those things. It's very strange to me. Again, that we we have had this conversation many times. I One of the reasons I keep trying beers to find one I will like is because I love whiskey. I have, I have you know, I used to have a very large collection. I've since kind of drank through it. Um, it is one of those things that I I desperately love and there's so many whiskeys that are just made with sour mash and some you know some are made slightly differently uh, but having beers and whiskeys that start with the exact same process i have no idea how the end products can be completely different with that kind of you know obviously you're not you're brewing it and you're not distilling it and there's a there's a whole process of condensing and kind of reforming for that whiskey goes through and there's the aging that generally doesn't happen in in, in beers um, but it is with that same that same start, I will have moments where one of them can sit in a barrel for 20 years and I will love it and I will spend a lot of money on it. The other thing will be brewed and I can't stand it and I don't know why. Yeah, it is, uh, I don't know, It uh, to me, like, m- like, my favorite part about, like, just, my, my favorite part about learning the history behind making the things that I like is just the sort of the rebellious nature nature behind it and sometimes just the accidents behind it i mean to me the idea just behind fermentation is sort of it always seems like an accident oh absolutely and it's it is a natural process that once controlled can produce amazing things um you have uh, kombucha teas are fermented teas 
um, beers are obviously fermented. All spirits are fermented and then distilled. Um, it fermentation is a weird, wacky thing that you can use for a lot mm-hmm. of really fun things in in cooking and in drink making. Yeah. Now I'm gonna show. I'm gonna actually take a moment here and talk, but I'm gonna show Aaron why it felt like we had stumbled upon Goodwood by accident by showing him the Google Street View. Um, it's because you sort of walk down like a, an alleyway that in this industrial area near like an a bridge that looks like it looks like you've just sort of wandered into a place that you shouldn't be. It it looks like one of those uh it looks it looks like the before of an urban renewal project. It, yeah, it really does. Like Goodwood if you just if you go to if you go to Street Street View and you just look at the front of the sign, it has that kind of, you know, f- uh, past industrial flair with the the exposed brick and then kind of a nice cutout area with a nice storefront sitting there and as you scroll around it is just it looks like an industrial alley that you should not be at anytime after 6 p.m yeah and then when you actually get inside like it it generally i mean it, it just generally feels like uh like a home like a basement bar that you wandered into it it looks like so it, i'm uh, i'm making the assumption because i i had a neighbor like this and most people i've talked to have had a neighbor like this when they grew up unless they grew up in an apartment if you had an if you had a neighborhood and you lived in a house or if you just had a, a, a neighborhood of houses that were near you um as you go there's always that one person generally fairly quiet soft-spoken the whole neighborhood enjoys their company and then you go to a gathering at that person's house you go to their basement and there's round top tables and there's wood and exposed brick that you had no idea existed and that is exactly what this what the inside of goodwood looks like yeah it is it, it, i mean it's a great place it is an it is an absolutely great place to visit it was so much fun to be there. And now you can see why. Like when we wandered in and we we saw the band playing, we said, Oh, yeah. No, we're staying here and listening to some stuff. And then you got to experience beers that which you really enjoyed at that same time. Yeah. Speaking of experiencing beers, um, as I kick my mics here, sorry about that for the little vibration on the podcast. Um, you can actually get good wood. Um, in a bunch of different places. Do tell. Are we are these? We have some chain, um, or or semi chain kind of liquor stores. That yeah, we're talking about? Uh, Total Wine and High V carry uh, High V around us in Minnesota carries Goodwood, and I know Goodwood is available. I saw on their website, I believe that they're available in Ohio for sure. So I would imagine that Goodwood is available in other places as well. Definitely in that southern portion of Ohio, uh, because we're right across the the, uh, uh, river there from Kentucky. Uh, Though it does look like we are running out of time today, so while we would love to talk more about Goodwood, we might prick it back in another episode. Uh, We are out of time for today. That doesn't mean the show has to end. You can contact us us by leaving a comment at travelbyproxy.com or by emailing fans at travelbyproxy.com. The Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixer.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we wish you a look out your window. Walking with you and your 
Moving peace stones and your Rearranging all the pieces that you find Now we're talking about Things and places, all the names And the faces of the people that you love